All right, welcome everyone back to Dissecting Popular IT Nerds. Today, we are talking with Malachi Salazar. And you have, in my personal opinion, the coolest background picture on LinkedIn. Um, (laughs) And yes, yes, and profile picture as well, because you live or support, we should say support, maybe live, we don't know that yet, a secret world, a secret world that uh, many people don't know about unless you live in that world. And that is the world of RVing or RVs. And I have a, 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 I haven't told many people this vision or a, a secret, uh, kind of like a, like a business, there's a few businesses that I want to start up someday. One of them would be a trailer park, believe it or not, like an off the grid, off net trailer park. I work in IT, I work in technology. And the, the irony of all of this is that I like to be off the grid as much as possible. Yeah. And, um, I looked up the other day how many Americans right now are living in an RV, not a trailer park, right? Not like a double wide, not a single manufactured home, but actually living in an RV, probably traveling around the United States, uh, doing whatever they do. And it's well into the hundreds of thousands. So, Let's just start off with that. How how connected are you're the IT guy, okay? At um, head of of Funtown RVs, and we can get to like how you transformed their entire network when you first came in, however long ago that that was. Maybe just you know, but first, how connected are you with the the world of RVing? So um, as far as RVing, uh, I mean, like I said, I live and breathe RVing ever since I came to work for Funtown RV. Um, before then, not so much. My grandparents were, uh, were RVers, so they'd go out, they'd go camping in a small travel trailer with just us grandkids. And we, that was about as embedded as I was with RVing. And there's a whole lot to RVing that I didn't understand before uh, even coming to work for Funtown RV. Uh, uh, you know, I didn't know the different types of makes, models, manufacturers. I mean, there's a whole bunch that I didn't know uh, prior to coming into working here. Um, but now I, I, I mean, I live and breathe it. I don't have an RV of my own, uh, which is a funny story because that's how I actually um, found the job uh, to work for Funtown. Uh, I was actually working for Higginbotham Brothers, who's the uh, oldest hardware store uh, in the state of Texas. They were uh, started in 1881. So I started working there. I worked my way up pretty well there from, you know, just working as a um, um, sales associate, uh, mm-hmm. horse supervisor. Uh, to assistant manager, then I went up into network administrator, or I, I'm sorry, IT specialist, and then went up to network administrator. And uh, you know, I'm I'm a real money guy. So when I was living in an apartment, I said, "Listen, I'm I'm paying someone else's pockets. So why don't I just go buy an RV and start uh, living in it? And so that way it'll, <laughs> um, you know, put some some something in my name as far as equity." Yeah. So I started looking into an RV and somehow, some way, it may have just been a sign that I was meant for this, but I uh, fell into the, the career page of, uh, of Funtown RV. And right there was um, IT, I believe it was IT manager. Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't IT director, it was mm-hmm. IT manager. Mm-hmm. So I said, well, you know, why not? 
uh, I mean, I loved my job where I was at and I was comfortable, but mm-hmm. I said, you know what? I'm up for a challenge. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I came across it. I applied, uh, I got brought into an interview and, um, you know, started, they started explaining what situation they were in and uh, Fontan RV was, was, was a work uh, because they, uh, you know, they were operating, um, off of older PCs and they really had no network, network infrastructure in place. So there was really no firewalls. Uh, I mean, there was really not much, uh, for, to, to their network that I could see. So I said, man, this would be simple. Let's just come in here and build it up. And so I started ripping run. Well, hold on, hold on. We gotta slow down here because I've got first of all a thousand questions. Number one, (laughs) you didn't know the world of RV, so you didn't know. So yes or no? Did you know what a fifth wheel was before you started working there? I did not know. Okay, so for everyone out there listening, maybe we'll do a poll. Maybe we'll do a poll and release this podcast. Do you know what a fifth wheel is? Yes or no? If you don't, you're allowed to listen to this podcast. If you do, you are encouraged to listen to this podcast. Okay, number two, old PCs. When you say old PCs, I mean, how old is old? Because I know some people that would say, hey, we're running Windows XP. That's just fine. How old sure. is old? Well, for so for me, you know, um, old was the company started in 2010. So we had uh, the time that I was getting uh, involved was right about the eighth year uh, that the company had started. Uh, So most of these computers were 10 years or eight years old at the time, some even 10 years old because they were refurbished from the first time that they were put into operation with Funtown RV. Um, So, you know, we were talking a mixture of environment from uh, make, model, type, and just performance. So what was, was the uh, oldest? As far as, what was the oldest artifact? Artifact that you found <laughs> on site. <laughs> so the oldest one I had found was a, I believe it was a Dell. I couldn't remember the exact model, but it was still running uh, XP, and I think it was put in the back of a warehouse because it was only whenever they wanted to like clock in and out, I believe, or something. It was just in a warehouse, put in a room, but it was still running XP. It was very old, probably running off of four gigs of RAM. Uh, I couldn't remember how much. Um, oh, that's fast. Yeah, very. <laughs> um, no, but I mean, I really, like, much- when I think of old stuff, well, first of all, if you don't mind me asking, how old are you? <laughs> 25 years old. Okay, now that explains <laughs> it. That explains yes. it. Four gigs. Come on. We, it's still, the the word gig is still in there. Okay? Yes. No, but anyways, okay, so 25 years old. Okay, so, and how long ago was this? This was about four, five years ago. Uh, about four years ago, four and a half years ago. Okay, so you may be the youngest... IT manager slash director that has done a rip and replace, uh, build up, fix from old Windows XP, finding uh, artifacts to you, definitely artifacts yes. to you, to um, um, that I've had on the show. So congratulations. Yeah, well, thank you. I did have I have had a seventeen year old and a nineteen year old that started their own MSP on the show. So that's you know that's probably like the world record for youngest um, maybe yeah. entrepreneur IT guy. But I like this idea of working in a hardware store. You know, being money conscious, which is important in IT. A lot of times yep. we just expect, um, hey, 
show me the money, give me the money, um, and I'll make everything work and go great. And um, we don't understand like the concept of managing a budget, et cetera. So, sure. um, so what? I, first of all, we got, I got to hear this story a little bit more. So what, you go in to buy an RV and you see a job application on the wall? Not necessarily. So I'm going through the website and uh, I went in through the website. I was estimating the payment, uh, doing all of that. And I was going to put a finance application. And I guess, I don't know if there was an incorrect routing on the website or what it was, but it led me to a job application. And so that's awesome. where I came across the job. And I was like, well, heck, I'm already here. Let's just try it. And uh, so I did try it, got pulled in for an interview. Wow, so they, uh, so they kind of lost made money with you. Yeah, exactly. So I still don't have an RV, but I do have the job. So I guess that's a win-win, right? Mm. Um, so I got brought into an interview. We discussed uh, potentially what I can do and how I could help. I went back. What uh, they the say, from- what were they saying? So they knew they had a problem. So this is interesting. So somebody there knew that they had a problem or they knew they, what, what did upper management, what were they thinking that they needed? Well, so we did have an IT director at the time, and he is now still there. His name is Ken, and he is now my IT manager. Okay. Um, so one thing that was happening was that the department wasn't fully structured enough to give Ken or anyone the capability to fully run the department and uh, really set up the network, per se. So we had someone running the department who was who didn't have any IT knowledge, who had... Uh, who ran the department and several others. So he didn't give the full attention to IT that it should have been. Okay. So that was where the issue had come. And then, of course, there was a small team of two. And the issue was that the company grew so fast from 2010 to where it is now. So from 2010, it started off as a small building in Main Street in Cleburne, Texas. Mm-hmm. Then it grew to be the number one towable RV dealership in the nation within 10 years. So you, Wait, you are we, the number one dealer right now? The number one uh, towable dealer in the nation, yes. So towable, so meaning fifth wheel. Fifth wheel. Travel travel trailer. trailer. Well, I'm a travel trailer guy. I'm a travel trailer guy. So (laughs) um, I'm in the market too, by the way. So interesting. Now, <laughs> sure I shouldn't say that. I shouldn't say that. Uh, <laughs> we'll deliver anywhere. Uh, right? <laughs> oh, we will. <laughs> uh, I need a double bunkhouse. I need at least 33 feet. Um, the other thing is, is I have eight kids, so I must tow behind a van. So these are all, you know, these are all factors that someone would do a needs assessment on. Um, anyways. Yes. And, you know, it's interesting that you said all that because, uh, there for a while, I did also head up, uh, I was the director of marketing for a while. Mm-hmm. And that kind of gave me the uh, sales mentality of being able to say everything you said, that you have a wife, kids, you need a bunk house, whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. And that kind of helped me progress even more on my uh, knowledge of the travel trailer industry. And so that was interesting. Kind of going on a tangent, how do sales and IT coexist or merge? Where do they merge together? Because a lot of people don't, a lot of IT guys, one of the themes of the show is, and you've grown fast and done well. um, One of the themes that comes up a lot is selling IT. Yep. And you seem to have had an experience in both departments, kind of, if that's true. (laughs) Where do the two merge? How, what piece of advice or ideas or concepts do you have there? 
Well, for for us, and I'm not too sure if this is true for any other type of industry, uh, but for us, really everything is web-based. So whenever there's no computers or anything along the lines for anyone to make a sale or receive a lead online, that's where it meets. Because without IT being able to properly provide the resources for sales to do their job, then the company doesn't make money or the salesman doesn't receive the lead or we're unable to go to a website to, you know, function any type of business. So well, what us, else? What other pieces, what other channels or rivers or veins of sales come through IT? We've got internet, but what else? Mm-hmm. I mean, you got your walk-ins, uh, but even at the walk-in station, you know, they have to type in their information through an iPad or they swipe their driver's oh, license point. through there. Mm. Um, so you got your walk-ins that use technology at one point. So really every aspect of the business uses technology in some way I'm, or fashion. I'm totally leading this question, by the way, because there's another piece that we're, there's many other pieces that I believe, I would say that we could call it the omni-channel. Um, <laughs> we, you know, what about the telephone? Is that... Yeah. Handled through IT? Oh, most definitely. Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm an ex-telecom guy. I'm still a telecom guy, but I kind of say ex because telecom yeah. <laughs> takes everything. Um, yeah, even our call center. I mean, you know, they use phones on a daily basis. They're our main point of contact when anybody calls any of our numbers. So they definitely use IT. They enter their leads through a computer, um, through, you know, software. So, I mean, that's all handled by us. So IT is a cost center. Uh, we hear this a lot. I hate that terminology and am constantly looking for ways for IT guys to sell IT as a business force multiplier. Mm-hmm. What? Back to XP, back to XP days, back to the yep. you know Jurassic Park. Uh, you know, uh, what were we? What did you look at? What did you do? And were you able to measure any type of results? Well, first of all, I don't even know where to begin. First of all, somehow you got the job. How did you sell yourself and say, yeah, I'm the, I'm the guy. Like, like I'm like the nerd. Like, this is like no problem. I can like knock this one out of the park for you guys. I mean, how did that interview go? Like, what do you do? You know, and then from there, how do you prove your worth? Yeah, so obviously it was no simple task. I mean, you got, I was 19 at the time coming in saying, hey, I can be an IT manager. I can redesign your full infrastructure for you. Mm. Uh, and then hopefully try to go in to be a director or whatever it may be. And so that wasn't an easy task. So I sit down for my first interview uh, with a good friend of mine now, uh, Maria. She sits me down. We have this conversation. And I'm assuming she, you know, I go on my way and I'm assuming she uh, hands my application over to her director, um, who then calls me back down for a second interview. So I get brought down into a second interview, sit with them both. Um, You know, we go on our ways. I go back to my job. And it was roughly about a month or two that mm. uh, I got a call back, but in the in the room. So I'm in the room with uh, both uh, Maria and her director and we're there talking. And uh, it's very hard to sell yourself because, you know, first off, even when I was an assistant manager at the hardware store, you got people who are older than you taking demands or taking uh, direction from someone younger than you. Most mm. of the time that doesn't sit well with a lot of people. No. And so you got uh, myself sitting in this room and, you know, we're talking and it's hard to sell myself because of my age. And that was actually one thing I brought up uh, during the interview is that I know my age may be a factor, but don't let it fool you from what I'm capable of doing. Nice. Um, this, is where your, this is where your pain points are, and this is where I can get you to. 
Um, it may take time and money, and that's what most of the IT is, is time and money. Uh, we can't just flip the switch of you know uh, a button and make things happen. There's uh, processes in between uh, you know A and B to get to the final C, whatever it may be. How do you know and to so, say all that? Uh, you know, I just did. <laughs> no, you don't just do it. You don't just know it. Like a lot of times we say things like, I don't even know why I'm successful. I don't know. I just am. Because you had the experience, I'm guessing. Yeah. Um, I had the experience from obviously my old job, but I also, with my age and uh, the way I was trying to present myself is the progression that I'm, I'm ambi- how ambition I am to get to where I want to be. Uh, and throwing it back, like I said, with Hickenbotham Brothers, you know, I was a, uh, I came straight out of high school and I went in and I was going to take a gap year off of college. So I started off as a sales associate. Then I advanced so quickly, all within three months apart, mind you. So started off as a sales associate. Three months later, moved up to four supervisor. Three months later, moved up to assistant manager. Then about six months in that span, I uh, moved up to IT specialist and then network administrator. So that was all so fast within a short period of time. And so I, I tried to pr- uh, persuade that to them that, you know, don't let my young age be a factor of this. I was able to accomplish A, B, C, D, E through Hickenbotham. I'm sure I can do that for you guys in a different aspect. And so... Is there uh, anything that... Um, I don't know if you can teach that. Is there anything that that drives you? Like what really drives you? What do you think drives an ambitious person versus another person? Because I've seen it numerous times. I've seen a, a new guy come in and, and run circles around the old so-called veterans, mm-hmm. you know, and the veteran, yeah, oh, you're not going to be able to do that. Good luck, you know, like good luck. Yeah. And it's all a bunch of, you know, naysayers and, you know, I guess haters, so to speak, For not sure. that, that everyone deals with that, but then I've seen, you know, new guy put his head down, ignore all the negative self-talk, negative speech and everything, and just run circles around people. What do you think it is that drives those people or what, what you know, is there anything that was that kind of lit the fire for you? You know, it, you're right. It, it's probably hard to teach that. Uh, the thing for me that lit the fire was uh, the the accomplishment aspect of it, feeling successful of being able to complete something that I said I would. Uh, that's always been something. So if I said I was going to do something, I was going to be true to my word and I was going to complete it. And when I did complete it, that was going to give me a sense of accomplishment and successfulness. And so that's what lit the fire under me is that, you know, I know I can do it and I will do it. And when I do do it, I will applaud myself and pat myself on the back that I did what I said I was going to do. Accomplishments. um, Wanting to achieve something. Measure results. So, anyways, you tell them, don't let my age be a factor. They're like, okay, well, we brought you back in for the third interview. Anyways, we're hoping you're going to say that, but show us the money. What can you do? (laughs) For sure. And so uh, we want to be the number one RV dealer. (laughs) Bring us there. (laughs) What? We're going to be number one. We're going to be number one today. Yeah. They want a guy like you. They want a guy like you. They want the plaque. They, you know, like the, the, do you guys have plaques? You must have like number one sales rep of the month and the plaque. We do. You know, you do. You, there's no way you're the number one RV dealership without, and there's some guy, there's some guy that probably has the most plaques. I know there's a guy in there who, what's his name? There is. What's his name? So, or her name? 
you know, I'm trying to think. It's been a while since I've been down to the school. There. Oh, no. Uh, yeah, you put me on the spot now. I'm going to start pulling reports to see who's the number one salesperson there. Oh, I'm not no. going to say the wrong name because I'll tell you what, if I do say the wrong name, I'm going to walk into okay. the store fixing okay. an issue and they're yeah. going to be like, hey, and you know, thus- you got to go back to Phil and go to the comments of that yes. podcast and type yes. my name in there. Okay. And thus the disconnect between sales and IT. Exactly. <laughs> Why do you not know I write your paycheck? Yep. Okay. Anyways, um, <laughs> moving, moving on. I had, I had, I had a girl one time we were at like some, when I first got started at the Cisco startup years ago, there was like some girl asked like who someone's, I was like, I had won like a bunch of like awards or something and we were at some Uh like basketball game event and my, (laughs) my team lead was with me. Like, like my, like my coach, like my, he like made me who I was. Right. (laughs) She leaned over and she's like, and what's your name? (laughs) And he was like, I write your page. (laughs) Like joking around. We were joking. He was like, what do you mean you don't know who I am? He's like, I'm the one that made him. Anyways. (laughs) It's a fun, it can be an exciting environment to work in a, a, in an organization that knows it's a sales organization, primarily is a sales organization. An entire goal is to like sell and you can't get around that in an RV or car sure. dealership or any of that. Um, exactly. There's a lot of hypey kind of fun, crazy stuff that goes on. Um, you know, it's not the, it's not the stereotypes, although it is all of the stereotypes at the same time. Uh, sure. With that being said, um, Okay, you're in the interview. We got to get to the. I got to. I got to hear the rest of this story. Yeah. So I get in the interview. I get the job. I come in and I come in as a secret, uh, basically. So I come in. <laughs> no one knows who I am uh, because it was kind of all under the under the rug. So uh, I come in. I start from behind the scenes. They say, "Well, I don't want you to start messing with anything right off the back. I want you to see how things are operating. I want to see." Uh, you, I want you to see the frustrations firsthand before we even start introducing you that you're going to come in and you're going to start changing things. Okay, so they I'm hired like, a okay. spy. They hired a spy. Yeah, All right. exactly. <laughs> I so, come in to spy on everyone. This is awesome. This is really yep. good. No, so I mean, I there's a lot of, there's a lot of, um, um, all jokes aside, there's a lot of, not insight, what is the word I'm looking for? Um, uh, wisdom. There is a lot of wisdom in that. First, allowing someone to to observe, take a back seat, see how everything's working, really get like a pulse on what the situation, what's going. For on. sure. Yeah. And you know, I, I appreciated that because I it didn't give me the opportunity to go in and just say, "Hey, I'm the new person. I'm going to start changing things," yeah. without getting their input or understanding how the business was structured or how they even operated on those computers. Wow. And so that's, that's, that's genius. Me, it's actually really yeah. wow. It yeah, would take a, only a salesperson would think of this. For sure. And that would have been our CEO. He was a salesperson and, you know, got us to where we were. He's like, we're not really going to, we're not really trying to sell you an RV. We just want to show you inside the RV and take a look around. Yeah. And, you yeah. know, and then. So we, so we'll show you what it could do for you and your family. <laughs> no, no, no. We're, you're not here to buy an RV today. I will not allow you to buy an RV today. No matter what happens, yeah. you're not buying anything today. Let's <laughs> keep going. All right. I love this. um, Yeah. So I come in, take the back seat. I get the full view of everything from all these different buildings. I mean, because we had buildings all over Cleburne. We had the call center building. We had the corporate headquarters. We had a service building. We had a sales building. So I was driving between Cleburne, putting mileage on my car across all these different locations uh, just to really get a hint of 
you know, what's going on in the, in the business. Mm-hmm. So I finally understood a lot of the issues that people were having because um, there wasn't really any uh, infrastructure in place. I mean, it was very easy for me to walk in if I had a key to the VPs of sales office in Cleburne, click sign in because there was no active directory or domain or any users for that being, and just click in uh, to where it says FTRV users, click OK, and I had access to everything if you didn't log out. So there was a lot of things that were, that were you know, eye-openers for me and red flags. And so... Say that uh, one more I- time. <laughs> Say that, please. You... Wait, how did you get access to everything? So I was... Well, so we really didn't have any Active Directory or domain users. So okay. there was only one profile, and it was a local profile that was called FTRV account. And all you had to do was click OK, and you had access to that full, um, I mean, local, uh, I should say admin account, because mo- in most cases, they forgot to change it to just a local account. So in most cases, you had admin access to a full computer. And oh. so, I mean, literally, and this is a theory that I tested was with uh, our VPSL's Raul Ramirez, is one day I walked into uh, his office just out of, you know, curiosity. Uh, he wasn't there at the time. Uh, sales managers knew what I was doing. I walked into his office and I sat down and I clicked OK. And I had access to everything, to his emails, to our DMS system, to literally everything. And wow. literally the only thing that was stopping anyone else from going in there was um, door ac- access control. He had an access control uh, on his door that he swiped his card. And so this is a joke that I always said that the most secure thing at Funtown RV before I arrived was that doors that were controlled by access control. Wow. Because that really was how it was. <clears throat> how far have we come in 12 years? Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, to continue on the story, I observed everything. I got everything uh, that I needed. Then I went up and said, this is what we're going to need. This is how we're going to do this. And so, I had a full plan, a diagram. I had some quotes. And I said, I'm going to need a team first off because I can't do this with the two guys I have. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they're like, okay, well, let's build you up a team. So I built up a team mm. and I started assigning those different tasks of what we're going to do. So first, we're going to uh, get firewalls in place, number one. Uh, two, <laughs> we're going to um, you know, uh, see what equipment we have to work with uh, as far as making it more secure. Uh, three would be all of our equipment going and doing a revamp of any equipment that's older than what I couldn't remember what specs I had at the time, but I said, anything older than this, we're replacing with new computers. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we, you know, we went on to uh, getting um, email protection, network protection, and we got uh, servers in place, started putting Active Directory. Okay. Um, I was going to say, when did AD in come into so, place? At what point yeah, did so that, AD come in? How Was yeah, it a month, two months? Uh, within three, two, three months after all of the other stuff that we had going on because we had to, you know, switch over some DIAs over um, and do a few things because there were some loose end contracts that were in place that I didn't really understand and like. Mm -hmm. Um, And so some of those were expiring right at the time that we were going to make changes. So we thought Mm -hmm. it'd be a good idea to uh, go ahead and switch these DIAs over that were expired and then start putting the firewalls in and then start, you know, putting um, our active directory and domain in place Mm -hmm. and DNS servers and Mm -hmm. all of that in place. That, and so it it's it sounds kind of like a dream come true for like someone to come in and and be able to do something and have someone say yes to everything that you need. Yep. Sounds amazing. Yes. Um, it really was. And it sounds like it sounds like one of those things where it's like no matter what I do, we're going to win. Like no matter what, yes. if I just do something, it's going to be better than it was. 
And oh, I'm not yeah. saying that it was that bad, but it, you know, it's it, there. There is a time period from 1995. I'm thinking that's probably the, where we draw the line. Maybe 1995 sure. or, or 2000. You know, Y2K was a thing, believe it or not. Sure. Um, for you, where were you during Y2K? <laughs> You know, yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, so, you know. so if you were 19 back in 2010, so you were nine. <laughs> so yeah. there's somewhere where you draw the line of, okay, we're not doing things with on paper anymore. Yeah. You know what I mean? And you guys were kind of like at that point, I guess, where it's like, hey, we got here this, we got, we, we lasted this long. Uh, we need to come on to the technology train. Um, sure. That's what it sounds like. And, yeah. and that was actually one of our biggest tasks was getting people uh, really involved with this technology change. Uh, because, you know, now you got an active directory. So now you got salesmen yeah. who are just accustomed to clicking OK and having their stuff pop up to now having a username. Exactly. Now that is, and, that was going to be my main question. My main question yeah. now was what kind of friction did you draw? And as you are implementing the implementing these things that are a so sensible, like so simple, yeah. so makes yeah. so much sense, right? Yep. And to you, it's like, are you kidding me? <laughs> what kind of friction did you get from end users that were like, well, I'm just not doing it? Did you get so any we've of that? Had, yeah, we did. And how did. did you deal with it? Um, so obviously it was the way we dealt with most of the friction was just this is gonna how it's gonna be, and you're <laughs> gonna have to do it. If not, we're gonna have to find another, you know, another way for you to do your job. And if you can't do it as effectively, then you know, that's up to your manager to try to find out for you. But for us, this is the lay of the land and this is how it's gonna be. Uh, because we couldn't allow someone to to have that mentality. And then leak that mentality over to everyone else. And now I have a whole store that's not involved in wanting to move over to this new technology age uh, versus just that one person. Did so you have any became, human, did you have any, um, yes, we can say that that's how it's going to be, right? But everyone out there listening right now, that's probably not how the conversation went. In other words, did you sure. use emotional intelligence and did you have any way of having these coaching conversations with people? Can you remember anything specific? I can't remember anything specific. The one thing I do remember is that uh, we host these um, monthly uh, GM meetings. Um, they, I think they do it weekly now, but at the time, I don't know if it was monthly, but I, was, I got on there once and I explained that this is the way we're going and this is why we're going this way. And I really left it up to the GMs to have those conversations with those people. Um, uh, good. So there's the trick. Um, the trick is yeah. say it to everybody at once in the mean way. Not the mean way, yeah. but like, <laughs> hey, look, it's like seriously... This is it. Has yep. to be this way. You say it to everybody. That way, it's not like sink, pick, picking anyone else. Correct. And then you've correct. got other people backing you up, cheerleaders, yes. other people to enforce the For sure. mm, other enforcers. And, and that was the real trick. Is you know, I mean, even with my success here at Funtown, was being able to have trust between myself and the directors, and then being able to have uh, the uh, mid-level management, uh, you know, trust me as well. So that's how we did it is whenever we implemented it out, I sent an email to everyone saying, this is going to be the new process. I'm going to have my support staff on there to support you 100% with whatever you need. <laughs> We're launching a new help desk at the time because we didn't have a help desk. It was all based off of a uh, Google Excel spreadsheet. 
So I had to implement that as well. I said, if you have you know any issues, this is who you contact or email you contact moving forward. And so it was a long email, but you know it was uh, very descriptive on how things are going to be done. And then on that GM call, I described to every GM that this is what we're doing. This is how it's going to have to be. Uh, and I'm going to allow you to go tell your staff. And this, Did you, you know, give them the why? Did you give them the why? Yes. This is where yes. we're at right now. This is Correct. where we're going. And this is the why. And I think you have to, because if you don't, at some point, they just think that you're just the new guy coming in and wanting to change things just because you can't. Yeah. So um, back in the old days of Starbucks, two decades ago, I'll never forget the like the management training that got banged into us over and over and over again, which is give people the what, what, why. This is what you're doing. This is what I need you to do. And this is why. Because <laughs> yes. people need a why. They oh, really yeah, do. For sure. And then it makes sense. What we didn't get to was, at what point did you go from spy to now I'm now I'm the guy? You know, um, it was probably about five six months, um, and it was a very difficult task uh, because the IT director at the time he was he's been there since 2010. He started contracting um, just as an independent contractor, and they brought him in as an IT director and. Um, that was the most difficult part was being able to tell him that, you know, um, I'm going to now be the IT director. We're going to uh, put you as IT manager and, you know, we're going to start moving forward in another way. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was that was the hardest part in figuring out how we were going to make all that happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when we finally did, it was probably about six to eight months that we did that. And then um, after that, you know, it's just kind of how it went. Um, so, you know... Powerful. Yeah. I'm I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm not in your family at all. I'm not, you know, related to you whatsoever, but I'm proud of you. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah. And I'm 45. Jeez. (laughs) (laughs) There's still hope for me. Some maybe, (laughs) but I can't do the young. Yeah. (laughs) Oh man. I don't even know if I could go back in time and look at myself at what I was doing when I was 25, like right now and like actually like watch it like a movie, I'd probably just be shocked. Um, so (laughs) good for you. I think it's all about timing. Um, because you know, we could go, I could have gone a different route and not taken a gap year and started this whole journey of my career very early because that was the reason I took that gap year in college was so that I could start early in the workforce and start making money. You know, that was my thing. I want to start making money. And so I think that it was very good that I went along this career path versus going straight into college and doing that because I don't think I'd actually be where I am now at the age of 25 if I did take that path. I think it would have took a little bit longer versus kind of- And you wouldn't have had this crazy story. story to tell. You just exactly. wouldn't, man. It's like the five guys story. It's like the guy going to his kids and saying, hey, look, um, I can send you all to college or we can basically take all that college money and open up a hamburger shop. And kids are like, exactly. dude, why do not why do it this way everyone else is doing it? Because they don't seem to be, they're already working at a hamburger shop yeah. anyways with a college degree. So we might as well own the hamburger shop. Um, I'm not, that's not my suggestion to everybody because (laughs) to be a doctor, you have to go to school, but you probably really know what that means. You know that if you're going to become a doctor, you know, you know what you have to go through. Um, same thing with, you know, all the people that know they're going to be a lawyer. It's not the people that just, yeah, I'm going to be a lawyer. Um, (laughs) it's interesting because 
when we had talked back in, wow, I think it was December of last year was the last time we spoke. And it's been over a year. I wanted to have someone on the show at that time that didn't think, not didn't think, but was an example of someone that education didn't matter, certifications didn't matter, because there's a constant debate, you know, do certs matter? Does an MBA matter? And people say, well, if you're going to get a job at a big enterprise company, yes, they do. But in your case, I'm, me personally, I'm I'm like you. If I had known what I knew now back in college, I probably wouldn't have gone to college, but I wouldn't write sure. as good at emails because my degree was in creative writing. So yeah. I wouldn't be able to write yeah. really good emails. But, you know, so there's a point there. Um, yeah, and you know, uh, funny that you bring that up because I do have a degree, my bachelor's degree, but it's in business administration. Well, there you and go. I did that after the I did that after the fact of getting my career started in IT. Uh-huh. Um, but you know, I I was at a point that I was already so much involved in IT that I felt that I would have been able to uh, come to Funtown and be able to do the same thing without any certs or degree. Uh, but the only thing, the only reason I did do that was just because of a status, you know. I was going to be the first in my family to uh, graduate from college with a degree. And okay. I was going to also be the first uh, grandchild. So I'm the oldest grandchild out of both of my family. So I was going to be the first grandchild out of uh, both the families to graduate with a degree. So I was trying to set that bar, not just for uh, my sister, uh, but mm-hmm. also for the rest of my cousins that, mm-hmm. you know, that. I have a degree and you can too, if that's what you'd like to do. Um, but that was really only the reason I ever got the degree. Uh, but, you know, like you said, I didn't think it mattered at the time because I was doing well off without a degree um, with my career path that I had taken. Coming from a family that where you were the first person to have a degree and me coming from a more privileged family where if you didn't get a degree, like you're an idiot, uh, which is probably one of the reasons why I don't feel so strongly now that you have to have one because I did it just because you have to in my family coming from a family that where you were the first person did it seem like an unknown or a larger obstacle to obtain because when you come from a family where everyone had a degree, you just know everyone are always telling you like, oh yeah, you got to fill out the applications, make sure you do good on the test, sure. make sure you do this. It's just a known thing. But when, but if you come yep. from a family where it's never been done before, it may seem a lot more of a daunting of a task. But then, so there's two, two points to it. Was it, did it seem like a large wall to hit? And after you did do it, were you like, oh, it wasn't that hard? Yes. Yes, it did. Uh, luckily enough, you know, our school did provide some resources to help with that um, transition and help with all of that. Um, but like I said, I did take that gap year. So after that gap year, when I decided to go back to college, I was kind of like, well, where do I start? You know, mm-hmm. I don't have anybody to go to that has this experience. So I kind of did everything on my own. And it was basically just learning mm-hmm. and calling the the schools or whatever it may be and mm-hmm. finding out what next steps were. So mm-hmm. it was kind of a daunting task. Um for, for, you know, what it was. Mm-hmm. Now, the actual schooling itself and getting the actual degree, hard or not? No, it was hard trying to find the time to do it. Mm. Um, after the fact, uh, not devoting as much time to it, but mm-hmm. still trying to get it done. That was the hardest because, you know, I was working a full-time job. I still mm-hmm. wanted to keep my social life. 
mm-hmm. but I still wanted to obtain this uh, degree to be the first in my family to do so. So being able to manage all of that, that was the actual hardest. But the, the schooling and uh, doing all of that wasn't as hard. Any advice to people out there that may be in that position where no one in their family has gotten a degree before? Don't be overwhelmed by it, or it's not that hard, or what do you think? I think uh, my advice would, to them would be it's going to be as hard as you make it. It can also mm. be as easy as you make it. Mm. Um, but I think most people who are at that point to where uh, my little sister, for instance, who want to go to college are in a still in that learning discovery phase. And, you know, I tell her, I, you need to understand where you want to go. Mm-hmm. And then do it. Um, I understand you're still learning, but you know you need to learn. You need to figure that out now versus later. It's harder later in life than it is now. Now you have an open slate, so you can kind of explain that. Know, explain that. Explain the no, know where you want to go. So, are you telling me back then when you were working at the um, hardware store in Texas, you knew you wanted to be an IT director? Is that what you're saying? Yes, to an extent. I knew I wanted to be an IT. Um, and the reason I did is because I went to, uh, in school, they provided a work, I think it's like a work uh, program where I went to school half the day, but I worked for the school district the other half of the day. Mm-hmm. So that's what, what piqued my interest in IT. Once I got my hands wet, I said, I knew this is what I want to do. And mm-hmm. at the time, being that young and in school, I knew I wanted uh, Keith's job, who was our IT, mm-hmm. was the school uh, mm-hmm. district IT director. Mm-hmm. I, I at that point, I was like, I want that guy's job. He's the one making all the calls. He's the one doing all this. I want his job. So that, that at that point, that's what kind of helped with sculpting that mm. uh, career. I think it's great advice. I think it's great advice for numerous reasons. A, you're 20 years ahead of me career-wise. Um, I mean, you're 25. I'm not, I'm not trying to like, you know, pat your ego at all, but I'm, I think there's something to be said about goal setting. There's things that no one teaches in school. They don't teach in school. They don't teach in grammar school. Mm-hmm. They don't, I don't care what it is. It's like the hustle goal setting mentality is something that is not really taught. Sure. Now, I think yep. that might exist deep down inside of a lot of people. The, the hustle, that the hunger that we were kind of talking about at the, at the beginning, the can you teach, um, um, what, what was the word you're thinking? Can you teach progression and ambition? Mm-hmm. Well, you can teach the progression point, I guess, right? Like you said, know where you want to yeah. go. And then maybe knowing once you know, maybe that's what helps grow the ambition. Because I can sure. tell you, for me, I did it because everyone told me I had to and I was miserable. I was a horrible student. For sure. And I was pre-med and just because everyone in my family is a doctor, right? Mm-hmm. Miserable. Dropped yep. out, dropped, did two years, you know, chemistry major, whatever, biology, hated it, dropped out, went to creative writing because, I don't know, I liked Shakespeare and history and stuff. For sure. Um, but with no direction of what I want to do. And that's why I was working at Starbucks when I graduated. Nothing against any of that, but mm-hmm. everything. And I would say now that, um, I'm one of the more successful people in my family because I don't know why I fell into, I, I eventually figured out what I did want to do and listened to a lot of kind of, I don't know, motivational speakers, Zig Ziglar, mm-hmm. see you at the top, you know, Tony Robbins, 
figured like I can't sure. just be I just like I gotta I gotta deliver something I'm married now I got kids I gotta you know I gotta deliver I have, I have a sense of responsibility you know and yep. but once I figured it out then it was about goal setting then the ambition was there then the hustle was there so I don't know what the the you know final message is here but I think your advice is spot on and excellent find out what you want to do really decide what you want to do during the finding discovery phase you know don't screw up your life phase don't like waste a lot of time you know you know doing stupid stuff like mm -hmm. think about how you're going to actually amount to something and give back discover what that is find out what you want to do sure. and then you know that'll that might deliver that ambition and hunger Exactly. Um, so for anyone out there stuck in a miserable life, um, <laughs> hopefully that will, hopefully that will be helpful somehow. Um, hopefully. were you ever stuck in a job you didn't like? No, I don't think I was. Um, like I said, I, uh, I, <laughs> sorry, can't help you guys out there. Um, cause yeah, there's people I, out I there. Really yeah. I mean, I'm sure. Yeah. I mean, I know of a few people who, who are out there who hate their job. Um, but you know, luckily I never, um, went into a job where I just hated it. Alpha hated it. I mean, I had a school IT job. Uh -huh. I worked for an ice cream parlor or like a drive-in, which was very fun. Uh, that was one of my funnest uh, times of working at a job. Mm. Um, actually, I, I lied. So, um, right now Walmart. is. Right. A Walmart? Walmart, Walmart was the, the most miserable time. Oh, okay. 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 Yes. Uh, I'm sorry. I did lie. So maybe I do understand <laughs> and relate where most of those people are coming from. Why? Um, it was, and you know, it wasn't with the business structure or anything. Uh, it was just a monotonous. I was young, yeah. You know, I was young, uh, younger, mm. um, and so I worked for IT. Um, like I said, I went to school half a day. I worked mm. for the school district the other half of the day till five, and I just wanted more money. So I said, well, you know, I knew the store director at the time, and I said, you know, do you have any openings? She said, yeah. And so because I worked in IT for the school district, I thought electronics was going to be, you know, my go-to department. So I worked in electronics, but I didn't understand that it did come in with the toy section. So, hmm. you know, they have this thing that's called facing. So what would happen was at the end of the night, we'd go in, we'd face everything. Yep. But right before we close, you would have yep. these kids that would walk in and just put their hand on all these aisles and just like literally go play with every toy they can find. And when the direct, when the store manager at the time would come in and look at my section, they would say, I didn't do my job. Hmm. And I'm like, I did my job. Twice, and these kids keep coming in right before closing and playing with everything and putting it everywhere and anywhere they want. To. Enough said. Miserable so, uh, stupidity. Okay. Yeah, I get it. But at that time, I was like, I'm done. I can't do this. <laughs> um. Yeah. Wow. That's that's yeah problematic on so many levels yeah, of levels of sure. communication. I was only and... there for a week, so you know. <laughs> One week. So at least you know what you want. Okay. Yes. Exactly. Transformation. We lead through transformation in IT. Um, now the number one RV towing dealer, meaning not class A's, more yep. RV terminology, not class A's, not class C's, but the number one yep. towing. Travel trailers, fifth wheels. Again, this should be um, maybe it'll be maybe it'll be a four part multiple choice question <laughs> we put out there. What were the measurable results? Where you stand now? Has IT been a business force multiplier? How do you sit in the at the like? Do you sit in like a, a chair 
with like a specter of some sort, an IT around the executive roundtable. Hear ye, hear ye, IT is about to speak. What, what, where do we sit now and, and what can you say as far as how IT has made a difference in the business? For sure. So, so now after gone and everything done, and it's funny that you say that because we did have our director's meeting uh-huh. um, in December. Uh-huh. And it's where all of our directors or mid-level management, they come into one big room and uh-huh. we talk about what we've accomplished in all of our uh, 2022 goals. Yep. Well, it was a neat to see because in 2019, we were at Windstar and I gave a, um, my 20, uh, 2019, I gave my 2020 goals of what I was going to accomplish. And within the two years, we've accomplished, uh, at least in December, uh, we've accomplished everything I had put on that PowerPoint in two years ago. Hmm. And mind you, this is no easy, this was no easy task to try to put this infrastructure into place. I mean, because we've, we've had numerous things that we've had to do in transition. And, <laughs> yeah, you got to uh, add that in. Place. You got to add that in yeah. because otherwise the C-levels will be like, well, I mean, clearly you didn't uh, set your goals to, you know, <laughs> yes. way to set the bar low. Way to set the yeah, bar low, yeah. Malachi. Um, you know, yeah. <laughs> uh, just not buying it. I think you need to set uh, some higher goals now. Okay. Yes. Not going to cut yeah, it. Yeah. Well, you know, and some of those are continuation goals. Yeah, let me add that <laughs> in there too. Where I said I got part of this done, but I need this, 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 this to make it yeah. happen. Good job. So, you got to take care of the uh, objections before they come up. You got to, you got to exactly, put those. You know, exactly. you got to take care of it in there. You know. And now, before you say no to this, mm-hmm. some of you guys are going to say uh, this, and we don't need this and that. Okay. Yep. Okay, so, so awesome. We, I'm sitting at that table and I, I give my team credit. I give uh, everybody else credit who had anything to do with that at the table. Because I do say that, you know, we accomplished everything that we wanted to uh, within the next two years. We have um, email security. We have uh, network security. We have a domain, an active directory. We have, I mean, everything we said we wanted, we have. And I have uh, measured that with, um, with numbers, obviously. Um, with reports, with numerous numbers on, um, you know, what we had prior to, what we have now, why we had this. And, you know, that is how I measured why it took so long to get where we wanted to be. But as of December of last year, we were good on what we had said we wanted at one point. So that's where I could have said I measured myself within my uh, four and a half years here at Funtown from the time I first started as a spy uh, to, uh, you know, coming in as, um, the director up until now, everything I had once said at that point in that interview room to the time now is fully completed in a sense of, I mean, you know, IT's work is never done, but mm. in, in yeah, good, good, good job. Done. You got to add that. Yeah. In. You got to add that <laughs> in. Hey, everything's working. Why do we need you? Exactly. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, everything to that point, uh, had been completed. I don't know what to name this episode. I don't know if we name this episode everything we wanted and asked for, we got. Um, That's a good one. That yeah, that is good. Or or from good. you know spy to director, or <laughs> fifth wheel IT. I don't know. Yeah, fifth wheel you IT. Got, I'm sure, you got numerous titles you can name it <laughs> in several different uh, directions. It has been super awesome having you on the show. Let me ask you one more thing. Sure. How and this, I mean, this is like opening up a can of worms. I don't know if I really want to 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 open this up. You have five minutes to answer this okay. question, and you might say, "No, I'm not answering that." Um, how 
do you build a good, I guess we should say, I got to think of the right word here, IT ecosystem slash team of people? What's, what's your key to like, like how big is your team right now? And how well do you guys work together? I have a team of seven. And I will tell you, this is the strongest team I've ever had from just in general. Uh, I mean, IT, you know, this is my, my team, yes, as far as my first time managing an IT team. Um, but this is the strongest team I've had from whenever I was an assistant manager with a retail store or whatever it may be. This is the strongest team I've ever managed. And so they like, are great. So, so what do you do? Like, why? And I, I don't think anything that you have said has been negative. There's not a single thing. I mean, you even made yourself as a spy look good. So is there anything that you guys do when you're looking for a team member or maybe you're looking to hire? Did you hire all seven? I did hire all seven. Yeah. Uh, all, I hired six. Seven was the manager, uh, the director at the okay. time and now is my IT manager, but so, I did hire all so seven. So what's the deal? Is there good work-life balance? Do, do, would you say that everyone loves working there? What's the deal? First off, I got to say, Funtown RV is a great company. I mean, great company. Uh, we're always hiring. So if you're listening to this and looking mm. for a sales career <laughs> or whatever uh, position you would like, I would uh, suggest them to come and um, you know apply for Funtown because not only is it great from uh, an environment aspect. Where are we um, at in Texas? We, really, uh, we are located, corporate headquarters is located in Fort Worth, but our number one dealership in the nation is located in Cleveland, Texas. And you know how, you know, the cost of living down in Texas. Oh, yeah. For it's sure. Come on a heck of a lot better than New England. I can tell you that much. <laughs> and the weather's better. <laughs> yes, for sure. Yeah. Uh, if I didn't have family up here and I didn't have responsibilities, <laughs> I'd probably in Tex be in Texas with one of those pools with the, water f <laughs> with the waterfall coming yes. down in, I don't know, 20 acres or something. <laughs> for sure. Okay. But, um, yeah, I mean, but like I said, it's a great company. I mean, we really do work with some of the best uh, customers. I mean, because if anybody has is involved in this industry, they know that um, our customers are really those customers that are very friendly and will do anything to lend a helping hand. I mean, I don't remember any time that I've been in an RV park or had a flat tire. My parents had a tire that a whole group of RVs will line up across a, a you know a highway and help you change that tire out. I mean, because it's a friendly. Uh, all of our customers in, that are in this RV industry or lifestyle are all friendly. And we, we work with a great amount of uh, good customers. Uh, and like I said, our CEO is great. Our uh, director group is great. Um, you know, pays great. I mean, mm. we're, it's overall a really good company to work for. And I have nothing to complain about. Um, but if anybody, like well, I said, would like to work there, we're always hiring. Let so. me say congratulations to you guys. Uh, you know, congratulations just, you know, in general. Um, it's a great story. The I'm sure you guys have experienced exponential success during the, what we, you've made a positive out of a negative uh, situation over the last, uh, I would say, two years. Um, I know that RV sales, for a fact, have to be through the roof now. It's just yes, one of those things. Yes. And... Uh, for anyone out there that's never experienced the RV life or really even get it or understand it, you know, go rent a class C. That's your homework for the night. Mm -hmm. What the heck is a class C? Rent a class C, pull up a KOA campground list, whatever, and, uh, you know, go go spend a month and make sure that, you know, you're going to have it. Don't worry. If you work from home, you, you'll be fine. You'll be absolutely yep. fine. <laughs> um, I had a 33 foot 
Summerlin with a double bunkhouse. And I worked out of that place while the kids were on the beach and doing various different things for an entire summer. And no one had any clue. I think I probably recorded a ton of podcasts from there as well. So uh, we can yeah. do a podcast RV. I'm still, I'm looking, right. I may just buy a class A. There's so many reasons for me to have a travel trailer and a class A. There's there's just so many, there's just so many reasons to do it and, and so many ways that you can think of doing other, all kinds of crazy things that no one will ever know oh, about. Yeah. So sure. uh, it has been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for being on the show. And uh, yes, of course. You know, thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely, sir. Thank you. <laughs>